Oh, Matt, you started the show this week. That's yeah, exciting, I know. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well done. You're going to continue? No, I'm going to oh. hand it over to you. Well, welcome to another episode of Tom and Matt Attack. Oh, isn't it exciting? It is, yeah. It's uh, the 12th of May. Yeah. It is, I think. Ah, it is, right, cool. Yeah, good times, yeah, we're on, we're on the ball here. <laughs> we're looking at calendars and everything, just mm. to double check. Wow. Yeah. Good week in gaming, Matt? Pretty all right week in gaming, Thomas. How about yourself? Yeah. Yeah? all right. We were discussing before the podcast, we haven't really had a finger on the pulse in terms of news this week. Particularly, or is it, is it just there hasn't been any news? Is this the? Uh... I think this is kind of the calm before the storm. I mean, obviously we've got the Xbox announcement on the twenty first, so I mean, oh, maybe right, just okay, like yeah. things are trickling out. Like obviously they've kind of <laughs> confirmed now that oh you, I mean, um, things trickling out over here. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm pretty incompetent. Um, and incompetent at the same <laughs> incompetent time. Incompetent and incompetent. Yeah, that's how I roll. Um, yeah, just I think that they've kind of said now that it won't always have to be on, but there's going to be DMR things in the console if you want and stuff, but I can't really think DMR, of DMR, explain this to me. I uh, digital Rights Management. Oh. DRM. No, sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's me mispronouncing it. So uh, d- 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 DMR was... Did, it's memory. Sure. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. What was it, what was it again? A DR, DMR? DRM? <laughs> You've confused I've me. confused Matt Boyle. You have. Oh, no. Oh, dear. He can't compute. I can't. He's having to type stuff into his mini computer. To, to I am. Digital out. rights management. I was right. Yeah, oh, right. DR- okay. so, DRM. And that's, this is going to have an impact on, what, pre-owned games? Um, Possibly. Uh, but obviously they've had it in some in EA's like a Sim City, if you remember that controversy where people... Ah, yeah, I'm mind. not so clued up on it, but it, it was a bit of a mess, I hear. Yeah, pretty much. Essentially, they had uh, digital rights management stuff in place that essentially meant you could only play the game online uh, because of the way it was structured that they wanted you to build cities next to other people's cities so you're essentially inhabiting a server that was really a world. Hmm. And you could trade with other people, like if you your city produced lots of electricity, then you could do that, and if people had lots of coal you could trade resources and all this kind of stuff so they made it online in obviously in effect to stop piracy because you can't play it offline and they made a lot of people unhappy because the servers were a bit buggy and it meant people were having to restart their towns and all this tsk, kind of tsk, stuff tsk. yeah so it wasn't good but well, the xbox will have some sort of uh, it will have the option the if option publishers of. wish to do that uh, they can i think ea might ea probably will Hmm. That's Actually, there's to. been a lot of news <laughs> of the EA recently, right? I mean, we haven't. I don't think we touched upon it last week. I think I we found out after I'd uploaded the podcast last week. Uh, they've actually got the rights to the T-shirt you're wearing. They have EA has Star the rights Wars. to the core Star Wars games. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So um, they will be producing it in the wake of LucasArts being closed down and now being a publisher rather than a developer. EA are going to be creating the Star Wars games. That, isn't it? Because, I mean, Disney would own Lucas... Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Um, film. But, I mean, Disney um, Interactive is only Disney, a publisher, right? Disney Interactive, I thought they would have taken on the uh, Star Wars games. I don't games. think but they, they developed, do they? I, I'm not sure. I thought it was all outsourced. Was an Epic Mickey not done by Disney Interactive? No, it was done by that dude who uh, created uh, Deus Ex. Yeah. Warren Spector. Yeah, yeah. I think. 
Yeah. Uh, he must, I think he had his own studio. That's what I'm saying. I think mm. I kind of LucasArts going to become what Disney Interactive is and a publisher rather than a developer. But yeah, you've said they're going to release the main games. I don't know if that includes other offshoots of that or whatnot. Mm. But let's, let's think, let's think for a moment. What developers does EA have in its uh, stable? It has a criterion. It does. It has dice. Dice. Well, yes. Yeah, as I said to someone on Twitter, if they changed Battlefield to Battlefront, I'm sure a lot of people would be happy. Yeah, that could happen. What about a racing game? A new pod racer made by Criterion. You love pod racing. That episode one pod racer game. <laughs> you were the only person in the world. Oh, it's a great game. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who enjoyed that one. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, you're a huge publisher. Yeah. Um, you weren't too happy about it, though, were you? I'm a bit... I mean, an hour What will they do it. with Star Wars? I just... I, I Is that don't, what you're worried about? It's not so much that. It's just I don't want generic Star Wars titles. Like Are you, EA known for generic? Well, but you mean like the yearly updates of things like Yeah, FIFA. pretty much. And I, you're always releasing another Need for Speed every year. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want uh, Star Wars 2012, 2013, 2014. We have to go back to 2012, Yeah, we, man. we, we would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll re-release um, Super Star Wars on the virtual console as Star Wars 2012. Who knows? Ooh. But um, I believe they've said they're also going to have a game ready for 2014. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. Okay. But they're going to... They're Star Wars 2014. Yeah, they're getting out of the blocks running. Yeah, yeah so should be okay, I guess. Oh, well, I don't well, know. Only time will tell. Yeah, um, I can't remember the name. Who's the studio that created Just Cause? We were talking about them yesterday. Avalanche. Avalanche, yeah. They'd actually said on their Twitter in the wake of EA getting this thing now that they'd approached LucasArts a couple of years ago hmm. about doing a game in the Star Wars universe set on Tantooine where you're a smuggler, much in the size of Just Cause. So you've been going around Tantooine and going all the places like, you know, Jabba's Palace and going to the Sarlacc Pit and going to Mos Eisley. Just hanging out. Going to Anchorhead, yeah. And that's about it. Yeah, pretty much. Where else would you go? They'd have to make up some locations. Yeah, well... Because there's Moss Eisley and there's Jabba's Palace and there's... There's a lot uh, of stuff for Extended Universe, man. I've Luke's played... Um, hovel. Yeah, Actually, yeah. no. No, I'd be kind of burnt down, depending yeah. on when you did it, yeah. yeah. Could go to the Lars farm, I guess, episode two and three. Slaughter a load of Sam people with Anakin. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, apparently they were turned down the license in the wake of all these things happening, so, yeah. I, they it, weren't too happy about it on Twitter, from I what I guess understood. Star Wars games are a sad affair at the moment, aren't they, really, with... Um, what was it? What was Star it? Wars Th- Connect? No, well that, and there was that Forces Unleashed. Seemingly, that was. Oh, you I enjoyed about, the uh, second one. Yeah, I was going to say. I but that that thirteen thirteen was it? You yeah, know, that had some potential there. It did, and was looking very interesting. It and, was, and, and that's gone. So that's not the first time it's happened. Obviously, Battlefield, Battlefield, Battlefront. Battlefront. I, I yeah. always get oh, Battlefront three was in de- development. Yes. With, um, oh, what the Free Radical? Yeah. Working on that. Oh, exciting. They're a rather competent developer. They could have done a good job with that. Well, you know. That was pulled Imagine away Imagine like them. a Star Wars game, like a kooky Star Wars game in the style of Time Splitters. That would have been amazing. Oh, it's, it's making me think of that terrible CG show. Which one? That one that tried to be funny and wasn't funny. Oh, Detours. Yeah. Yeah. I got, no? No, I, I don't know what's, what's happening happened with that. that. No? Yeah. Mm. No. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. I'm missing um, a trailer. Yeah. 
detours as it went. Yeah, that was enough for me. Ugh. Yeah, you didn't like that, did you? No. No. Okay, fair enough. Me. Yeah, I can't really think of any other news off the top of my head. There's probably a lot. Um. Ah, uh, yeah, I can't remember. There was a, anyway. What yeah. we're here to talk about is what we've been playing this exactly. week. Exactly, it? it's generally a. I thought you want to hear. Exactly. I mean, we're <laughs> such interesting people. Why would you want to hear about what's going on in the world? You of can gaming? read that on the internet. Exactly. But this is straight from the horse's mouth. Straight, straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah, it's pretty good. Do you want to start? Do I want to start? Well, no. I think you should. You've digitised your list. I digitised my, my list on my iPod. Your iPod? Let me just have a little look here to remind myself of what exactly I've been playing this week. It's not a huge amount, to be honest. Um, well, yeah, I've continued my trend of playing Sonic the Hedgehog games. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, so um, I had Sonic Knuckles going and I completed that the other week. Uh Using save states. Oh, I felt terribly dirty doing that. We discussed this last yeah. week, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I did the same thing with Sonic 3. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> saving midway through a boss. Yeah. Oh. But um, anyway, it's not a terribly difficult game. Yeah. But um, yeah. You said I, you completed it before. I have completed right. it yeah. before on the Mega Drive. You know, it wasn't like Sonic and Knuckles. Um, but yeah, good game. Yeah. I liked Sonic 3 a lot. Uh we were commenting on the Michael Jackson-like sound effects. Yeah, yeah. well... Uh, Woo! We, ah! We talk about it. Lots of digitised um, yelps. There are, yeah. Wee! Yeah. <laughs> Shamone! <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know if it's my favourite Sonic game. I, I love how they develop the style, the visual style of Sonic games in Sonic Knuckles and Sonic 3. And I love to see a Sonic game with that kind of pixel graphics. Again. Don't you like Sonic 4? I don't like Sonic 4. Really? I don't like Sonic 4. And I had high hopes of Sonic 4. I'd hoped it would be a, it'd be a proper sequel to, to the uh, Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. I thought it was going to be that good. Really? Uh, well, disappointed. Are you going to tell the backstory about how you waited up till midnight to play that yeah, game? And then <laughs> I got really excited, so um, I waited till the, the release. I, I stayed up. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't stretching it too much. I was actually playing Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare. One on the Wii. So the first one, Call of Duty 4 and Modern Warfare. Yeah, yeah, that one. I was quite enjoying it, actually. Strangely enough, I'm not a big Call of Duty player. Anyway, I played that up to the point where uh, Sonic was going to be available, so I downloaded it. Ooh, ooh, rare to go, you know. Didn't take too long to download, um, and then I uh, delved in. Yeah. Okay, so so this is old new Sonic 4 Episode 1. But, of course, uh, the movement didn't feel right. Very important with a platform game that you're so familiar with, like Sonic, you expect it to feel exactly the same. It didn't. Sonic would just go to a stop when you stopped moving. You know, he usually just slows down a little bit. So that changes the whole dynamic if I control Sonic. And that that irritated me. But what irritated me mostly was how generic it was and how I know they were trying to go for the nostalgia value and kind of uh, redo the old bosses, but put a twist on them. I thought, just come up with some new bosses. Come on. It felt more like they were out of ideas and they were trying to be nostalgic. Yeah. Uh, music, nothing special. Levels, level design, there. Annoying little bits. The, the whole package wasn't good. Yeah. Anyway, I haven't been playing that. Yeah. No, I, I picked Sonic Two back up again and found I was at Metropolis Zone, so I I carried on through that. Yeah. And uh, I think I'm on the final boss now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I go- play stuff in little bursts. Yeah, you're going to do you what know. you did with uh, Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic yeah, 3, then get to the last to boss them and then leave them for a week. Every now and again. Started Sonic 1 early in the week. Uh, yeah. 
again and it got up to Scrap Brain Zone, which is right near the end okay. of the game. Um, great game, but Sonic, Sonic 1 isn't the best of the series, I don't think. I think it really found its thing with Sonic 2. Yeah. I think there's, there's too many sections where everything slows down a little bit in Sonic 1. And as I've discussed with you, I, that's what I don't like about Sonic. It feels like it should be a lot faster than it is yeah. when you're a supersonic hedgehog. And There's then. a few awkward moments. It doesn't quite get the formula perfect, but still, it's a classic video game. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I went on after that, feeling in the mood for Sonic, played Sonic Generations, which I'd started previously. Yeah. Again, I came back to you right in the end, on the end bosses, actually. Yeah. I uh, maybe get a thing when I say, oh, I can't be doing this right now. It's too, too intense for me. I'll just leave it for a while and come back to it later. So that's exactly what I did. And uh, I finished off the Egg Dragon boss, second to last, which I was I got a little bit infuriated with, but I, I stuck with it. You did. Um, then there's another boss, which is slightly irritating. Um, but I completed it. Good boy. <laughs> and, and the whole package was wonderful. Apart from the second last boss was quite good, to be honest. But the last boss was a bit of a... Yeah. Anyway, the whole game is, is really good. I think after Sonic Unleashed, uh, they really found the perfect formula with Sonic uh, Generations. I think they took a lot of inspiration from Sonic Colors, which was another good Sonic game prior to Sonic Generations. Which was that? Sonic Colors. Oh, Colors. That, that was good. Really, from, from Unleashed, Unleashed onwards, they kind of crafted a great uh, 3D Sonic game. Yeah. And Sonic Generations. Um, I've actually started playing Unleashed today, this morning. Yeah, yeah, I saw. Um, that's all right. I've actually played the PS2 version previously. And uh, that is a little bit different. Different developer, actually. Really? Just, basically, it's the same game, but things play out a little differently. Level designs aren't exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and such. Low times were a problem on the PS2. I can imagine, I, yeah. I remember. <laughs> uh, so I actually ended up selling that. So I never finished it. So I hope to finish the Xbox 360 version. The actual Sonic stages are great, um, and you can feel those... Con some of the controls aren't quite as refined as that they would eventually make them. Yeah. Uh, for example, putting the homing attack on the X button instead of leaving it on the A button, where yeah. it should be. You should just have to press one button. You shouldn't have to have a separate one for the homing attack. It's silly. Yeah. Um, but the warehouse stages aren't bad. They're very different. They're not exactly what you expect from a Sonic game. But they are typical third-person platform action adventure. They seem pretty long, though. And they're, like... they're quite drawn out, and there's a lot of it at the beginning of the game, which yeah. is, for someone who just wants to jump into a Sonic game, it's like, oh, do I have to but do But I this? think that's, obviously, it's because it's the twist of the game the that he becomes the warehead and, and all this kind of and stuff. And it would be terrible if it wasn't well done. And it, it is, actually, not not amazingly original or anything like that, but it's yeah. perfectly well done. It seemed it. I mean, I've played the first Werehog level, I mm. think, when I played it, and yeah, it seemed okay. It's okay. The, the irritating thing about Sonic Unleashed, the major irritating thing about it, they didn't drop this stupid talking to people in between levels thing. Yeah. We're having a, a town area where you had to talk to people. Yeah. Luckily, you don't have to do too much talking in this. But if you remember the uh, terrible... Uh, reboot with Sonic the Hedgehog, kind of, when, when they just call it Sonic oh, the Hedgehog. Oh, Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. That thing. Ugh, nasty, nasty. Horrible low times, lots of talking to people. I played the demo when I was a guy. Glitchy levels. Yeah. Oh, horrible. And I'm, I'm so glad they stamped out this talking to people business because I didn't see the place for that in Sonic whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so Sonic Unleashed, I've got, I've got high hopes for it. It has some good moments so far. That's cool. Uh, other than that, I have actually been playing... A couple of other things that aren't Sonic, lo and behold. Really? Really. <laughs> so, so those who are interested in Sonic the Hedgehog whatsoever, I've probably bored you for the last however minutes I've been going on. Um, I picked up a great 
uh, indie developed platformer for the 3DS called Gunman Clive, which may or may not have come across. I've seen it on the shop and I've thought, oh, that looks interesting. It's got a lovely visual it. style, which uh, kind of a sepia tone, kind of sketchbook kind of look. That's cool. Uh, which is nice. Uh, I think it's made by two people, actually. Okay. Well, what, one guy, and I think maybe a brother or sister, I can't remember. Someone who's a relation, at least, of the uh, developer, composer music as well. Right. Which is quite nice. It's the, it's the homegrown game, which is really very playable and, and, and just as good as anything you'd play back in the, the glory days of 8-bit, 16-bit platform gaming. That's it's cool. It's certainly on the level of those those good platform games from the era. Uh of course, there's actually some shooting gunman, Clive. You, you, yeah, you. yeah. I can um, imagine. But yeah, I, I can't say much more than a really enjoyable classic old school platform shooter game. That's cool. Uh, which I thoroughly recommend picking up for the for the for the price of it, which is which is cheap. Uh, and Kirby's uh, Dreamland Two, I also picked that up. Yeah. Uh, that was originally on the Game Boy, and, and now it's available on the uh, 3DS Virtual Console. Good game. Cool. I haven't played a lot of it yet. But uh, more of the same goodness of Kirby's Dreamland, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. From from what I have played of that one so far, it's uh, pretty good. Also, um, yeah, I played a bit of Toad Jam and Earl. Uh, I think it's called Panic on Funkatron. Yeah, that's the sequel to the original. That's really good platform with some great original ideas in it as well. And uh, disappointing, I hadn't played it up to now. I've really been missing out on that one. Um, unique twist is, it's it's a it's a platform game, but within the level, it's kind of open, and, and the goal is to uh, capture these Earthlings that are on Funkatron. Right, okay. Uh, by throwing, like, sweets at them. Okay. Like, little kids, like, jumping around, like, causing mischief. Right. And then you have to stick them on a rocket and send them right back to Earth. <laughs> okay. Which is quite fun. And there's even a little rhythm game in it as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is which is another, another fun aspect. Uh, yeah, but great uh, characterful graphics and uh, nice unique twists on platform uh, gameplay. I like it a lot. That's cool. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Uh, and and in terms of what I've been playing this week, that's pretty much pretty much it. Fair enough. I'll crack into mine then. Um, still playing the usuals. So I've finally completed Cave Story, which mm. was a brilliant game, albeit quite hard and challenging well bits, yes, but I, I know. enjoyed it. played that a lot. I did, <coughs> uh, according to the stats thing on the 3DS, I got about 18 hours of it, which is good, you know, especially as I paid 149 krona for it, so about 15 quid, and it's worth a little bit more, so mm. that's always nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend it. Like I said on previous podcasts, um, there's a version on DSiWare and the Wii called um, Cave Story Gaiden, which has the original pixel art feel. And yeah, it's supposed to be more comprehensive with a few more levels and things. I haven't done the the true ending where you essentially you go through hell because it was hard enough with the stuff I had and I'd found out about it too late. Otherwise, mm. I probably would have tried to do it. But I might have got frustrated because some bits are hard without making it harder for yourself just to do an extra boss and stuff. So, yeah, so I, I played that. I played a little bit of Borderlands 2 again. Again, more of the same from Borderlands 1. It's pretty good, pretty enjoyable. Been playing it with my girlfriend and look to play with four player co op. So I'll let you know how that turns out. Still playing Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, which is also very good. 
picked up as well. Um, I'd started playing it a couple of months back and then kind of put it to one side because I wasn't ready for another action RPG straight off the bat. So I did about three or four of them in a row. I did Children of Mana and a few others. So I thought, oh, cool, I'll pick up Contact again. Just because I I did about a few times made by Grasshopper and Suda Fifty One. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Do you not know that? Uh, I I didn't think it was. Yeah. But I wasn't hundred percent. Very very good game. Um, not very far into it to be honest. Only about two or three hours, but I really enjoy it. Feels like a Secret of Evermore slash Secret yeah. of Mana. A friend of mine started playing that once. I, I don't think they were so keen on it because it was very old school. It's very old school, and that's what I like about it, though. And yeah, a lot of trawling around. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty drawn out. Things take a long time. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not a fast moving game. It's not a game I, I think I'd enjoy. No, I honestly can think you'd hate it with a passion, <laughs> so I'd never force it on you. But yeah, it's it's good. Okay. Um, actually, speaking of uh, action RPG things, I bought um what I complained about on our first podcast of why I was going to get an American 3DS. I bought uh, Atlas's uh, Code of Princess mm. on the 3DS store. This is true that the, these games that aren't going to be released physically in the country are available through the 3DS store. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, at a pretty decent price as well. Like, obviously, I mourned about it and said I was going to get a... US 3DS, which I still might, because there's still games that haven't come out, uh, and apparently... You must be pretty desperate to play them. There's just lots of games. Like, um, we finally got um, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor Overclocked, released on the 3DS by Ghostlight in the UK. Whoa, that was a big sentence. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we try, try saying that four times fast. But we finally got it released. Um, Ghostlight published it in the UK, and there's a game-breaking glitch in it which isn't present in the US version. So the UK version, we've waited a year and a half, I want to say, after the US version, which it should just have been a straight port, mm. is actually glitched. So You think now, though, with Nintendo, you know, actually updating software, like the updated Mario Kart 7, yeah. that they, they, they may go out on a limb and, uh, well, I mean, be developing no, the game. No, Ghostlight have or, said uh, in their defense that they are going to release a patch for oh, it there and we things. Go. But at the same time, I'm just like, oh, I could have just got the American version. I could have had it like a year ago. I could have completed it by now. And I can't find it in Denmark either, which is very annoying. I'll have to import it from the UK anyways. Not such a big deal. No, no, true. But um, the second, the sequel's already out in the States now, so Lord knows when we'll get that. Etune Odyssey 4, still not released here, even though it's out in the States. Well, you haven't done the other one, Different kettle of fish, the fourth one is. They've oh, okay. made it a bit more casual. Right. Because the first one is just a old school dungeon crawler first person and it's just grindtastic, mm. which has kind of put me off it a little bit. Grindtastic. I've played, there's 30 floors of this labyrinth to get through. I think I've played 10 hours. I'm on the second floor. It's just like, I haven't got 100 odd hours to sink into a game. Same reason I haven't really picked up Monster Hunter 3 mm. again. You need to get that. I can play it with someone then. I'll have incentive. But anyway, uh, I digress. Code of Princess. Brilliant game. I think it's 270 kroner. So it's probably around 30 quid. But I you... can tell you. Okay. Thank you. You do that and I'll explain a little bit about the game. 
it's essentially it kind of reminds me of a 2D beat 'em up, like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing, but it's also got RPG elements in the fact you level your character. And it's traditional, so you can put your stats into what you want your character to be, and each character's got their own magical ability and stuff. It's it's really good. Honestly, I was very surprised. Anime cutscenes, full voice acting in the game, characters aren't too annoying. Do I know how much you pay for it, Matt? How much should I pay for it? You paid £30 and 62p. Did I really? Yeah. Is it 62p? Really? Or was that just a... 270 Danish krona yeah. is equivalent of 30 British pounds and 62p. I'd imagine it might be a little bit cheaper on the UK store then. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, it's a very... If you like action RPGs, but I mean, like I said to you, Tom, even if you like beat-maps, is it... Um, it's Guardian Heroes. Guardian Heroes. It apparently is the spiritual successor to... the. The team loved Guardian Heroes and wanted to make a game like it. I believe it may be some of the same staff from Guardian Heroes as well. Mm. But it's very, very good game. Very well done. Very enjoyable. Not too long, admittedly. I did complete it, I think, about six, seven hours. Well, that's all right for me. I just kind of sat there. But it's got a lot of replay because there's different stories for different <laughs> main characters. And there's loads of unlockables. There's also an online mode. Unfortunately, it seemed to be a bit dead in Europe. Right. So I've gone on um, Game FAQs and seen that there's a few people wanting to play it on there to unlock things. So I may have to do that and I'll tell you nice. what the online is. You have like. that option. It is, yeah. Um, oh. Played a bit more of uh, Blood Dragon, which is okay. Um, and then on to new stuff, I guess. I played some of Battle Block Theatre, which you may remember I mentioned in the first episode. Yes, it's a new it's game from the Behemoth. The Behemoth, yeah. Fantastic. Honestly, like I was a bit unsure a bit. The first time I played it, it was a bit too classic. But it kind of like Meat Boy already. And I okay. guess that's kind of the staple now for comparison when it comes to like a hardcore platforming game that's a bit mm. tricky and stuff is to compare it to Meat Boy. But it, it's, it's good. I really enjoy it. I really want to play it with you, Tom. I think it'll be one of those games that'll be a laugh to play. So when it's, uh, how, how does the multiplayer work? Do you know? I'm not too sure. I know there is. There's loads of modes apparently. There's um, like deathmatch and all this kind of stuff, um, where you're in a big arena and you jump around and you have to try and hit people into obstacles and all okay. this kind of stuff. And you got to try and collect more gems than people. It's pretty bare bones. Like um, it's like essentially the story of it is there's a, a boat full of these characters and they're all friends and they're on the the SS friendship. And it shipwrecks on a coast, and then there's evil cats, and they put these cat, they put the characters into kind of I don't know, like stage production of torture, where they've got to perform tasks to survive for these cats' amusements. It's pretty dark, in all fairness, but oh, it's just it's fun, and it's just you know jump in, avoiding traps. As opposed to Meat Boy, where you're avoiding meat grinders and getting cut up, you're avoiding like laser beams and you can't swim, so you've got, got to avoid water because you'll drown. And you've got a goal that you have to get to. Yeah, but there's, uh, you have to collect three gems on each stage to okay. get the door open, okay, essentially. Yeah. But obviously there's more. There's like seven gems per stage. There's also like a little golden ball of yarn that you can buy weapons is, with. Is there anything like a forced time limit or anything? Or? Uh, every now and again. Um, I just played one level. I've only completed the first chapter. 
um, prior to podcasting, and one of the the last level was kind of a double la- double level together with the time trial, which was pretty good. Mm. I mean, you've still got to get the three gems and stuff, but you're a bit more rushed. But I, being the achievement whore I am, wanted to get the achievement for getting A++ on 10 levels anyway, so I was collecting all the gems yeah. and stuff. And that forces you to be fast because there's a time limit on the rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems very good. A lot of replay value, I'd imagine. And yeah, I, I want to try the multiplayer. Yeah, I look be forward really to fun. giving that a go. Yeah, um, cool. Um, then I played a little bit of Temperman, which is another... Temperman. Temperman. Oh, they're funny, aren't they? They are, it's great. Uh, like the little augmented reality Pokemon thing, like minigame at the start, where you've kind of got to zoom around the world and catch them with a net. Let's point out it's for 3DS first It is for the 3DS, yes, on the download store. And the second one has actually just been released, which has kind of put my curiosity to get this one. It's cool. You catch these little guys in these augmented reality. So so you you point your 3DS around, you see them floating around, you you capture them, and you bring them into a little... Kind of like... uh, It's kind of like an RPG, isn't it? It's kind of like a dungeon crawler. Oh, it definitely is, yeah. Kind of Um, thing. It's just kind of got a traditional aesthetic. It kind of reminds me a little bit, especially the way that you've got... um, I think the the main Temperman's name is Norman, if Norman. I'm not mistaken. Perfect. And so you have Norman, and then you have the ones you catch behind him, and then it kind of reminds me a bit of uh, Dragon Warrior Monsters in okay. the sense that you go around and your party falls behind you in a straight line kind of thing, and you go through mm. a dungeon. And, yeah, it's essentially his friend has been kidnapped by an evil man or something to that extent is in the evil dark tower and you have to get there but no it seems pretty fun pretty light-hearted definitely that's the impression i got from it a lot i played the demo and i really enjoyed the enjoyed it yeah yeah it's really fun i on i honestly can't wait to play it an affordable um 3ds title 60 kroner i think 60 kroner yeah which is pretty good yeah it's not bad yeah yeah it seems like it does have a bit of gameplay to it as well so i'm looking forward to playing more and oh. then bringing me to one of my kind of regretful purchases this week, I I kind of decided I don't like it. And it's probably going to make a lot of people angry because it seems to have a large cult following. Is uh, Mario and Luigi Partners in Time? Oh, I just I don't like it. I I've tried. I've invested about six. Not a new release by any means. No, 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 not no by DS any means. Game. Um, actually, there's even a sequel to it now of uh, Bowser's Inside Story, which, which I bought, also own. Which, you, which every, of the regulars of the show will know that Matt Matt bought this. Uh, I did recently. I'm kind of regretting my purchase a little bit. I haven't played Bowser's Inside Story. It may be different. I just don't. Oh, I just don't care. Like it's it's got platforming aspects and stuff, which are really nice. Um. Essentially, Mario, Luigi, and the baby Mario and Luigi are set to different buttons. So by pressing A, Mario will jump. Pressing B, Luigi will jump. Um, and then they've got certain other power-ups, like you can do kind of like a propeller thing with Luigi or Mario's shoulders and all this kind of stuff. You don't sound excited. Done, but the, oh, I just Sorry, the way you're explaining this, Matt, so I interrupt you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I wanted an action RPG that it it doesn't feel like an action RPG in the slightest, and that's my kind of main qualm with it. And I know obviously you've got to incorporate the Mario dynamic of platforming into things and puzzle solving and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, I was expecting more of a Super Mario RPG, and admittedly, I probably shouldn't have thinking, "Hey, this is a different franchise," but it's just. Oh, I don't know. 
it seems too involved in the combat for my liking. It's turn-based, but at the same time, I've got to do a lot of A and B pressing to dodge things, and it seems like I've got to do a lot of grinding as well, which I wasn't expecting. Seems it's supposed to be a game aimed at a younger audience. I wouldn't have thought they would put that dynamic in, as well as all the platforming stuff. I just feel a little bit overwhelmed by it, to be honest. Mm. But you will finish it. I'll attempt to. It's kind of gone to the bottom of the pile now. Oh, I've even gone... further below Last Story. Oh, well, no, <laughs> actually, I, I, no fairness, I quite like Last Story, but at the same time, it just felt a bit generic yeah. to me. Unlike, for, for, for listeners who don't know Matt Bohr that well, he, he doesn't like to give up on a video game. Even if he's not enjoying it, he, no. he will persevere usually and sit through it. Um, playthrough, I should say, uh, in, in the case of Metal Gear Solid <laughs> Rising, uh, which I love to bring up because it brings back great memories for uh, young Matthew. <laughs> it here. does. Uh, but not, not a game he enjoyed in the slightest, and, and yet he played through to the, to the uh, end of that game. I did. Moaning I, every second. Oh, yeah, screaming at the screen and its incompetence. But yeah, it's not really incompetent. I just didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. Mm, but you finished it, I which finish is more it. than you can say about some other games you're starting out. Uh, but, like, this is the thing. Um, and I'm currently trying to write something about JRPGs. Is there's such a time investment in a Japanese role-playing game that I'm kind of getting to that stage where I've played so many and I've played so many fantastic games like Psychoden and Final Fantasy series that it's just, oh, anytime I play a bad RPG, I'm just kind of like, Ugh, who cares? Like, well, yeah, you have to think in the hours w w with a bad RPG. Whereas, it, for example, for me, I, I enjoy playing fighting games. I played a lot of them. I played a lot of good ones. I played a lot of bad ones. But the bad fighting games... You can you play can, around and turn them you off. You can play around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got it. As soon as you switch it on, you can know if it's going to be a good or a bad fighting game. You don't have to invest that time in it. Um, do you find it, uh, um, an enjoyment, though, in seeing how different developers uh, approach the Japanese RPG I do, and the different I mean, kind of twists and things they do on it even if they're not always successful as yeah, a whole yeah. package I mean in all fairness to the game it is really unique mm. I've not played anything in my memory anyway. about Mario like, and yeah Mario and Luigi Potters in time I can't think of anything I've played that's as similar to this there's not there's such a focus on platforming but not in the same way they would be in something like a Castlevania game where obviously it's an action platformer with an rpg element it is an rpg like you will go into battles and there will be turn-based things and hmm. you know what i'd like i'd like to count how many times we say rpg on this show we do say week in week out yeah role-playing game <laughs> there we for go those at home <laughs> i just yeah i just don't know i i like it but at the same time i i don't there's just something like I appreciate it for what it is, and I think it's quite novel. It just doesn't appeal to my personal tastes, I think, is the okay. issue. Story's not too bad. It's quite light-hearted. It's quite fun to play. The dialogue's quite witty in bits. I just, I don't like the gameplay. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I will try and persevere, I think, just because I've started it, so I'll finish. But I just, there's so many other portable games. And I've said this to a few people on Twitter this week who've, trying to encourage me to play Monster Hunter. Like, I don't get that much time to play portable games, so I want to sink it into something I'll really enjoy. And Fire Emblem's been a challenge. Contact is essentially the kind of game that I 
grew up with and fell in love with in terms of action role-playing games. Mm. And so it's just kind of going to the bottom of the pile for now, I think. I'll give it a little bit of a break and come back to it and see how I feel, but I just kind of try to plough through it, I think, is my problem, where I've just kind of tried to go head-on like I usually do with RPG games, and there's just no enjoyment in it for me because of it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and that brings me to the end of the things I've played this week, actually, to be honest. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I'll go straight into my bots, I guess, uh, as well as uh, Coda Princess and Dempa Men. I bought Liberation Maiden on the 3DS after Tom's recommendation and the fact that it was on sale. I'm not sure if it still was. Mm, I'm not sure if it's still on sale either. Um, I played it briefly, and that, that, the first impressions were enough to, for me to recommend it to Matt. That's, uh, I think we mentioned it briefly on the show. We the did other last week, week yeah, because you yeah. played a bit of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought uh, Tales of Graces F, another JRPG, just because I saw it in uh, GameStop and was only 250 kroner with uh, special editions. So it yeah. comes with a making of DVD. And an art book and CDs and some DLC that's exclusive to it and all this kind of stuff. So, a little bit under 30 quid. Yeah, it's great. I just looked like a really fun game and I was going to pay, I think, £25 for it on Amazon without this extra stuff. So, yeah, it was a great find by young Tom Parry who pointed out and was like, oh, we've got the Tales game. I was like, no, I haven't. We, d- we do do this for each other because we kind of know what each other was into. Yeah, so yeah. So, if Matt sees a fighting game, I'll flag or if it. I see an yeah. RPG. <laughs> But yeah, I bought Mario and Luigi Partners in Time this week as well. I picked that up in GameStop. Yeah. Um, two games for the PS2, because we've kind of gone through this thing of picking up a load of PS2 games. This is because they're quite affordable. I mean, they're probably affordable wherever you go. Yeah. But uh, for 39 kroner, just a little bit more than £4, you can get three PS2 games. That's and, you know, too bad, is it? You, if you sift through them, there are some, there are some good titles, games in there. there. Yeah. Um, I got the bouncer um squaresoft game i think it may have been a launch title for the ps2 it was certainly one of the first if i it don't wasn't think it's that well regarded no no I, it isn't i quite like it it's like a 3d streets of rage and yeah. we'll have to have a go i think you'll really enjoy it it's a more player yeah yeah oh, cool i think you may even be able to get a multi-tap on i think you may be able to play three people but i'm not mistaken it could i think it's just two but okay. it, it could be more uh, bought that um, Steamboat Chronicles as well which I looked at and kind of looked at the back and it's a weird box art like Tom was just like I'm pretty sure this is an RPG I, I, I remember reading a review of it yeah but like I flipped it over and it just seemed like there was it's weird how they've done it it's published by 505 in uh, PAL and it's just like it looks like a lot of mini games there's like a bit where he's holding a trumpet and then there's someone downhill skiing and then there's a shooting segment playing billiards yeah, but it doesn't mention RPG <laughs> anywhere on the box. It doesn't say, like... What does it say? Is it in Danish, the box? No, it's in English. Hang on, I'm going to look at the box. Yeah, but right. it's actually made by Atlas, or at least published by them in the States. And so it kind of baffled me that there was no mention of what the game actually was and just kind of a brief description of it, right? I'm not... Okay, right. Yeah. As cars become more and more common on city streets, the Trotmobile came into being. Yeah. The Trotmobile. Is the Trotmobile. Is it powered by trots? Possibly. You know, someone who has the trots? <laughs> this two-legged walking metal vehicle could be adapted to a variety of road conditions and purposes. Right. Mm. As the, indus- <laughs> the Industrial Revolution continued, the Trotmobile's popularity increased. 
People place their hopes and dreams on the backs of these wonderful machines marching toward a better life. A better life just uh, beyond their reach. Sandbox-style gameplay offers a fantastic non-linear action-adventure. Yeah, but like action-adventure. So I look at the box art, which just looks like a generic anime. And I think, okay, it's uh, probably like a puzzle platformer. Like, in no way does that scream to me, and, you know, I am an avid collector of this genre. And it just kind of... It seems quite unique. Yeah. It continues to say, make your living playing in a band, hauling cargo, or... Event as a Trotmobile area, area fighter. Okay. That should be arena. The choice yeah. is yours. Battle over land, sea, and air in your Trotmobile. Yeah. <laughs> Fight an overall number of enemies and gigantic boss machines. Developed by Irem, who did uh, R-Type. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a play. I, I, I'm interested, honestly. I, I think it'll be good. If not, it'll just be one that'll sit on the shelf. But no, it, it does look like it's got a unique twist when you actually, like, you think about it. But, yeah, it just didn't scream to me that it would be what it is. And that's kind of... It's going to be a very interesting one to find out exactly how it plays. And, uh, yeah, we'll certainly tell you more about that. Yeah, I might even try and give it a play this week and then I'll mm. see you on next week's podcast. Uh, I picked up uh, Fragile Dreams for the Wii, something that's been on my radar for a while. Kind of a survival horror action survival game published by Rising Star. Essentially, you're the last person on Earth and then you've got to go through environments and you're looking for other survivors. Essentially, you don't know if there's anyone and you kind of see a girl every now and again, but you don't know what she is or who she is or if it's a ghost because the world's Ooh. inhabited by these strange, twisted creatures and stuff. It looks really good. Obloop. Yeah, obloop. I feel it's very frustrating towards the end of the game, though. So I'm not... I'm kind of... I'm in an hour in about whether I should get into it because I really want to play Xenoblade Chronicles because I still haven't played that game. Mm-hmm. And I bought Persona 4 Arena, um, which hasn't arrived yet, but i am been looking forward to for about a year I think I've been looking forward to this one purely because it's a new 2D fighting game yeah uh, but of course spe- it's special for Matt being an RPG fan yeah. and enjoying the Persona series so uh, yeah this is going to be one we're going to both enjoy playing I think. yeah exactly it's even got a bit of a RPG element to the arcade mode I believe I hope there's an arcade mode and a separate story mode <laughs> so I can avoid <laughs> or at that. least you can <laughs> skip the cutscenes <laughs> Though it, it is set after Persona 4, and I'm not finished Golden yet. I didn't get a chance to play Persona 4 on the PS2, purely because I couldn't find it anywhere at the time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it. It'll be good. If As not, we'll I. just fight each other, <laughs> as we usually do. <laughs> uh, in, in the video game uh, Oh, no, and in real life. Terms. <laughs> Tom's actually got two black eyes right now. You can't see it. I've got a cracked rib. Oh, we, we talked about this for the show, Matt. We weren't going to talk about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right, sorry, I fell down the stairs. Tom yeah. walked into a door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a bit grim, but never mind. Yeah. Okay. So, so when we've not been, uh, when I've not been fighting with Matt, I've also. Uh, You've been buying a few games. Been buying a few games. Oh, it's not unusual, is it? Um, I'm glad to say, I, again, maybe like Matt, slightly less than uh, last week and the week before. Yeah. And uh, I, yes. We've slowed it down just a little bit I think here. I've just kind of bought most of the things I want. Yes, it? this is just it, isn't it? Um, so I've already mentioned Gunman Clive. Very affordable. Pick it up. Kirby's Dreamland 2. 
Toe Jam and Earl pa Panic on Funkatron, which was cheaper to buy in a double pack, original Toe Jam and Earl, on the PlayStation yeah. than it was to buy on the Xbox. The Xbox one is slightly more expensive. Okay. Okay, yeah. just, to, just to make you aware, if you've got both systems, you're thinking, oh, I want to get that game. I guess that's probably um, harkening back to last week when we were on about uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, where yeah. that being a little bit cheaper on the PSN. Yeah. I think it's just because, obviously, the PlayStation Store charges prices... As opposed to Xbox Live, which charges yeah, which a everything's going to be in, yeah. yeah, it's just right. Uh, and I picked up from our favourite uh, shop now, Games World Bodmin. Yeah, Games World. I <laughs> did awesome. a couple of other games. Uh, the affordable Flintstones for the NES. Now I think there's a couple of Flintstones games. One rarer than the other. This is probably the least rare one. Is it? Yeah. it only cost me five ninety nine. So I can't imagine. It's a platformer by Taito. Yeah. Quite like Taito as a developer, quite like platform games, quite like the Flintstones. Yeah. Looking forward to giving that one a go. And also a game which was actually been on my radar for quite some time since stumbling over it once uh, online. is a game called Counterpunch for the Game Boy Advance. And that's, right. uh, I mean, I might as well just say it's uh, Punch Out, basically. It's a redone version of Punch Out. Is it made by Nintendo? Or? No, nothing to do with Nintendo. It actually looks like a Flash game. Yeah. Um, really nicely uh, animated uh, cartoon-like characters. Uh, gameplay is like Punch Out. Okay, this looks nice. Look, looks unique. I haven't seen many games that look that like a a cartoon on on the uh, on the Game Boy Advance. So uh, yeah, looking forward. That was very cheap as well. I think it was about five pounds. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to receiving them soon. And that actually brings me to the end of what I've purchased this really? week. Really? That that little you've do you purchased like that? this week? Yeah, I do. I, I, I certainly think that's the case uh, since since the week before. Uh, I bought a demo CD for Saturn, I think. Really? I wasn't going to mention that, but since uh, my list was so short, that maybe... Yeah. A demo CD With for With some Saturn? interesting games that... Uh, it's got a demo Tomb Raider on. I don't own Tomb Raider for Saturn. It's got a demo Bug 2 on it, which is fairly expensive to buy the uh, full So you're going to try it before you think about... Well, you can get a Japanese copy for just under £20. Yeah. About. The um, European PAL copy of the game, stupidly expensive. I think it was a later Saturn game. Yeah, they so, want so many about. Quite obscure. Yeah. No. So there are a couple of fun demos on there, like Mr. Bones, which is looks like... Uh, look it up. Uh, it looks fun. Um, okay. I won't say any more about that one. Uh, sure, we'll give it a try. Quirky thing. Uh, so yeah, nice demo disc for the Saturn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's it. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, we've kind of thought up a segment for this week. Yeah, we've cobbled something together. We have. <laughs> in, we in, the this. in the lack of our... Uh, <laughs> we kind of thought about... Maybe. Yeah, we kind of thought about a new segment. No, no, seriously. Yeah. Uh, we've been saying, and what's brought on to this uh, topic is the fact that, as you know, we we, we buy a few games. We uh, do. And we like to seek out interesting titles, uh, which sometimes can be quite expensive. The more obscure, the more uh, original, different uh, titles are, the less they probably sold, or they may have been released at the end of a console's lifespan and there might not be any of them around. Yeah. Uh, so there's certain games out there which we'd love to play, both of us, but we would struggle to justify spending the amount that these games are going for Yeah. on eBay, for example. Well, even some of them, like one or two on my list are probably quite readily available i just think they need a bit of a lift like yeah for me purely i pick titles which i'd love to play that are just too damn expensive yeah 
For me, I think mine are more affordable. In some cases, at least, um, not one RPG series that's quite expensive. But I, yeah, I kind of pick middle of the road price wise. But great games. Okay. I think more people should play. Start with one of yours first. Ah, uh, the Lufia series. Um, Lufia. Yes. This is an RPG series. It is an RPG series. <laughs> How did you guess? Um, two games uh, on the Super Nintendo. There have been other ones since. I think they've even remade the first one. Um, there's one called uh, Fortress of Doom, and then Rise of the Sinistrals was the second one. Rise of the Sinistrals. They're the bad guys in the first. Oh. I, if I remember correctly, it's been a long, long, long time. No. No. Okay. Long time since I've played it. I believe the first one starts with the end battle of the second one. Okay. Like your parents kill this massive demon race called the Sinistrals and then they come back kind of thing. But obviously the the developer and I I don't think it was Enix, I'll tell you who it is now, but essentially they were so enamoured by the idea of the first one and this epic start of like your parents banishing evil for good and then it coming back kind of thing that the second game is then mm. telling that story of how that battle came to be. Uh, it's actually developed by uh, Neverland Co. I'm not here to them. And it's actually published by uh, Taito. So it's actually in the hands of Square Enix now. We now mm. own Taito. Actually, a few of my games I'm going to recommend are owned by Square Enix now. Huh. Uh, yeah, great game great RPG series very atmospheric one of the best RPGs on the Super Nintendo without a shadow of a doubt and it's just not got a real release to my knowledge possibly on Wii in Japan <coughs> as most RPGs tend to if, if we were after a physical copy of the game do you know how much we'd be looking at oh um, I know you can't get the first one the part the first game was only released in Germany in PAL hmm. so it's quite easy to get a hold of because obviously not a lot of people speak German American copy. Apart from all of Germany. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Obviously, but you know what I mean. In the broader sense, like a, you can get a, a English copy of Terranigma, set you back about £100. German copy of Terranigma is about £15. Like, mm. there's not as much of a market for the RPGs that got translated into German in PAL territories mm. as outside okay, the English so you're not going uh, if, 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 uh, if you don't speak German, you're going to want to... You're going to get the American copy. And the American yeah. copy, which is more expensive. I think it's about £50, I think, okay. for a decent box copy. I think you'll probably get it a little bit cheaper, to be honest. Uh, Lufia 2, I think, is a little bit more expensive. I think that got a PAL release, if I'm not mistaken, and the PAL copy is very rare. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's a great series. Um, do you want to do one now? I'll do one. Yours I'll... are more of ours, I think. The... Okay, so um, I've recently... Purchased a Saturn for the second time. <laughs> yeah. And it's got me... Um, basically, I, I, I've explained this before, but I, I want to get a European Saturn. I want to get some of the European Saturn games that maybe were uh, in English because I own a Japanese Saturn and uh, mostly for fighting games, so the language barrier wasn't a concern to me. But, uh, yeah. So I, I picked up a European Saturn rather cheap. Um, of course, you know, there are some titles uh, which would be quite interesting to play. Yeah. Now, the first one I'm actually going to mention, oh no, it's an RPG, but I think it's important we, we, we touch on this, because that's Panzer, Dra Peh, Panzer Dragoon Saga. Yeah. And um, this is a very sought-after game. It's uh, considered a, a fantastic RPG, uh, and uh, of course it's going to be something you want to 
if you're an English speaker, want to be able to play in English. Now, if you wanted to play this game, you're going to have to pay for it. And now, now we're talking probably around about the £100 mark, if not more in if some cases. If not more, usually more, which is irritating. I've, I've actually seen a physical copy and a lot of these games I've actually seen floating around and I just... I either haven't had the console in the case of Panzer Dragoon Saga, where if I would have bought it, I would have had to buy a Saturn just to play that game. Yeah. And at the time, I was a student and it didn't really seem feasible. I saw it for about £85, I think. Hmm. Not, not bad to do. I saw a copy on eBay recently with a very good condition copy, for example, but it was around, say, just over the £100 mark. And it's the kind of thing which you'd think with a lot of classic games like Radiant Silvergun and Garden Heroes being re-released. Yeah. Not that Garden Heroes is particularly rare, but um, Radiant Silvergun would go for quite a lot. Um, Still about two, three hundred pounds for a Japanese copy, I think, right? Even though it's been and, re-released. And yet, now, though, luckily we have the option we can download it on Xbox Live Arcade. Great. Yeah. Now, why can't something like Panzer Dragoon have that treatment? Now, is it because... Is there a technical difficulty there? Is there a licensing issue? Is it? The... I wouldn't imagine so. Because I mean, it's done it's a big by, game. It's done by Sega, right? Yeah. Now, now Sega, I've actually been in the habit of re-releasing old titles. Yeah. Uh, just lately, some obscure ones like Sonic the Fighters got re-released recently. Yeah, but they haven't even. Now I think about it, they haven't even re-released uh, Panzer Dragoon One and Two, right? I believe you. Can... Panzer Dragoon, yeah, and Panzer Dragoon Spy have not been re-released. Yeah. Uh, you can buy. Otter or Otra, is it? Otter, Otter on the one. Xbox. Now, I seem to remember there may be some unlockable versions of Panzer Dragoon on there. Possibly. Might have been. I could be totally wrong on that. Of course, the game was originally released on the Saturn, and then you could buy PC yeah, copies yeah, of both Panzer Dragoon and Panzer Dragoon yeah. Otter. Uh, but, no, sorry, Panzer Dragoon Spy. Oh, it's yeah. confusing. But, um, yeah, they'd be a nice uh, thing to show up on, on the store. But more so, Saga. Yeah. Because purely because it, you want that translation. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, I, a, I, a Japanese copy isn't too hard to come by. Was it released in the States? Is there a possibility of getting a US copy or is that. I don't still... know. Sometimes you'll find that some Sega titles like that aren't released in, in, in the States. Uh, Shemu 2 is a good example of a game that never got released in the really? States but got released in Europe. I don't know if Panzer Dragoon was a similar story. But in all fairness, if you are discussing RPGs, the amount of. Square titles, in particular, that got released for the PlayStation 1 that never saw a European release. Even games that got sequels that were released in Europe. Uh, the first Saga Frontier game never made it to mm. Europe. The first Parasite Eve never made it to Europe. There's things like Xenogears and Brave Friends and Mushai. Like, for every game that Europe seems to get, America gets four or five more. Mm. I think there's about... I think there's roughly five or six JRPGs on the Xbox 360 that are never going to get a European release, admittedly, because they're not very good. But <laughs> well, at the same time, nice I'd still like to have the option. Yeah, um, my next one, uh, a bit of a... No, actually, I'm going to break it up. I'll go with another Taito game, and that's uh, Power Blade. Uh, for those familiar with the Mega Man series, it's a very similar concept. You're a guy who kind of looks a bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he has a big boomerang. 
And essentially, it's an action platformer, much in the same vein as Mega Man, where you've got a selection screen, but you're just playing as this big beefed-up guy in a pair of aviator shades. And, yeah, it's pretty good. Nice boss fights, pretty challenging. And I really, really recommend it. Like I said, I don't think it would be that much to pick up a copy on eBay. I think seem to remember it being quite cheap. I think maybe region of about 12, 15 quid, if you're lucky. I mean, I think that might even be for a box copy, to be honest with you. It just seems like it never gets any love. And I know there was a second one released as well, but I've never seen it. Actually, it may have been released on uh, the Virtual Console, right? Power Blade? It is, I think. Yeah. Possibly. I'm not too sure. But it just seems like a game that kind of gets passed over and for a long time I did think it was made by Capcom just because it's so similar to Mega Man but it never seems to get the the love that the Blue Bomber gets for some reason I don't know why yeah but I like Power Blade I think that should be it's a great game man. yeah I think it should be on Xbox Live Arcade at least yeah yeah so next on your list the next on my list I'm going to continue with the Saturn games actually I'm going to mention Burning Rangers now which is a game made by Sonic Team right um a good game, from what I hear. I've never played it, unfortunately, because yeah. of this isn't as extreme price point as Pandragoon Saga. But we're talking about the £30 mark. Now, I don't like to pay 30 quid for a for a Saturn game. Tight-fisted. Uh, Tight-fisted, yeah. It went for a little bit more than 30 quid a copy I was bidding on uh, recently. Uh, but it's around that. But it looks like an interesting title. Sonic Team game, as I mentioned. You're kind of like uh, Space Age Firefighters. Okay. It's a platform adventure action type title right. uh, with a great soundtrack I hear. In fact, um, there's a track based upon the game in the latest uh, Sonic All-Stars racing game. Yeah. So with this kind of, um, obviously it's well regarded as a Sega franchise uh, to be included in that game. And yeah, seems odd maybe they haven't released that yet. Yeah. Go and do it. You've, you've released Knights now, so... Uh, Maybe this is the Burning next Rangers. one. Then. I, I, yeah. I would, I would hope so. I, I, with the price point being relatively high, it's another good uh, example of a game that they should look to uh, re-release. Yeah, I'm gonna throw in a Sonic Team game actually because I didn't write it on my list, but I've just thought about it now you've mentioned it. Don't know a lot about it. You'll kind of have to explain to me, but it just seemed the idea of it seems interesting, and the fact that it's a Sonic game that hasn't been released, and that's uh, Chaotix. Oh, what's next on my list? Oh. Oh, sorry, I made your heart off like <laughs> Yeah. Um, you... Chaotix. Chaotix, yeah. Mm. Knuckles Chaotix for the 32X. Yeah, it's... Uh, for, I I played it on an emulator. <gasps> so I have played it. And, and yeah, nice mechanic of the fact that you're always attached to a second player. In in the case of this game, Knuckles teams up with various members of the Chaotix crew. This is Vector, the Crocodile, Mighty, the Armadillo, Espio, the Chameleon, Charmy, the Bee, who are featured in... Styles such as Sonic Heroes and uh, Sonic Generations. Um, and yet their original game has not been made available to such a wide audience since it was originally released. And you dropped over my uh, glass of water there. Um, since it was originally released on the uh, 32X. Uh, now, now that's like one of the few reasons to look into owning a 32X. I know... The game is mixed uh, reception from some Sonic fans. Some Sonic fans don't like it as much. Yeah. Uh, from what I played with it, it was it was pretty good and and certainly worthy of a re-release. Considering, yeah. again, the high price point it goes for, uh, 
I've seen some go for around about hundred pounds again. Wow. And then that's that's quite a lot. And and for a franchise as big as Sonic, it's yeah. it's a mystery why Sega haven't looked into re-releasing the game yet because it would certainly uh, sell by the bucket load. Yeah. Exactly. That's fair enough. Yeah. What's next on your list then? Oh. oh. Yeah. What, See, what about your I list? stole Did one you? of yours yeah. and then I threw it back at you. I'm just gonna throw out an obvious one for RPG fans such as myself. Ah, uh, Psycho then. I'm pretty sure the first one's got a PSN release in the States. But I, I really want to see it. I really, really like Psycho Den series. Psycho Den 1 and 2, both fantastic games. The second one hasn't got a release anywhere and it's widely regarded as the greatest RPG of all time by a few people. The second one? Yeah. It's just a fantastic game. It's on the PS1? On the PlayStation 1, yeah. Yeah. And that's another one that goes Honestly, for a lot of um, money. I think you, if you're... Lucky, you can get the first one for roughly about... I think I've seen one or two on there for about 50 quid on eBay, but usually 70, 80 pounds yeah. for a decent box copy. And the second one, ridiculously more, probably I've seen... I've seen copies, and it tends to go in waves of how much it's worth, same with previously mentioned titles like Terranigma. But I, I've seen copies go for 150 pounds, if not more. Wow. Sometimes, just regarding the state of them. Fortunately, I picked mine up for very cheap in a cash generator. It's nice when that happens, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. Um, But yeah, it's just a fantastic game, and not a lot of people have really played it because of the high price, and Hmm. yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Yep. I'm going to go into another game, which is a terrible shame it has to be re-released, and I think at one point there was talk about a re-release on the DS. The game in question is uh, Snatcher. Yes. (coughs) Yes. <coughs> I think Snatch is like the uh, one of those games that I think is on most people's lists of please re-release it. It was only on the Mega CD. Yes. And actually, I'd say the, it was only on the Mega CD. There are different versions of Snatcher for more obscure Japanese systems. There are other... Oh, really? Is it on like the Wonder Swan? The MSX, stuff? I think. Okay. So so th- these are... I don't think there's anything in the Turbo Graphics. I think it was definitely the, the old MSX. And the, the version of Statue you uh, got on the Saturn was a, a redone, better version Yeah. Uh, than the original. Um, but this is, this is a game which it's, it's, it's a travesty. It's not been released. It's, uh, the heritage is great. It's Hideo Kojima. Yeah. Um, it's a Blade Runner-esque, taking a lot of cues from Blade Runner and the atmosphere of the game. You're hunting down robots... Yeah, uh, so to speak, uh, wearing the, the the trademark trench coat. Uh, the atmosphere is unlike anything. Uh, the soundtrack's amazing, uh, and yeah, Snatcher. Uh, it goes for around about a hundred pounds. And w- w- when when you uh, factor in, or maybe more, you factor in that you probably you have to buy a Mega CD to play it as well. Yeah, which. We found recently have been going on eBay for around the fifty pounds marks themselves. They have. The, and there aren't a lot of reasons to own a Mega CD other than Snatcher. Well, especially when you consider the fact that, like, a lot of the reasons I'd want to play games on the Mega CD, such as the Lufia C- um not Lufia, sorry, um, ah, Luna, hmm. sorry, confusing my owl-named RPGs. That's another one for those counting. We should make our drinking game every time we say the word <laughs> RPG. You need yeah, to if you're seeing this podcast and you want a drinking game, then, then yeah, there you go, there's an idea for you. Yeah. Every time Tom takes a sip of water, every time I say the word RPG, drink. Um, yeah, it 
just seems relevant, you know. There's these titles that were released in the States, maybe, but not in Europe. And obviously this region lock-in on the consoles, so we can't play them. I don't think it's a workaround short of you burning a disc with, like, a thing yeah. that tells you. And we don't want to condone this. This is this is piracy. This isn't what we should have to do to be able to play these games. No, definitely not. We shouldn't, not. As, as people who enjoy video games, be forced into a situation where well, there, well, there's any other option for us. Or there is, but it's it's fairly expensive to play it on the original system. Exactly. Um, so here's a, a shout-out to... I think Sega should listen to my... Uh, my choices here, because I think every one of them was a Sega game. I think so. I'm going to throw yes, in... Yes, everyone was a Sega game. I'm going to throw in another Sega <laughs> game, just because we kind of talked about it, and I've never played the first one, because it's never been re-released off of the Dreamcast. Shenmue. Yes. Now this, again, Shenmue's one of my favourite all-time games. There's nothing else like it. Uh, I prefer Shenmue 2, actually, which yeah. was uh, re-released on the uh, Xbox, of course. Um yeah, get but, that out there as well while you're yeah, at it. Well, that's what I'm saying, you How know. How about that? There's a Shenmue movie on the original Xbox release. I, I don't want to watch the movie. I'm going to play the game. Yeah, I, I know it's very easy for us to shout and say, do it, Sega, release it, release it. But we've seen you release things recently. Is there any reason why these particular titles haven't been given the, the same treatment? Because I imagine that there's a potential money-making opportunity here. Well, like, I guess... Um, just listening to things like uh, Phil Fish from Polytron say how much it costs to release things on Xbox Live and then to release patches of and course, all this yeah. kind of stuff. It does cost a lot of money. I think it's something... I honestly can't remember, but it's, uh, it's a high number. But when you re-release Virtua Fighter 2, a yeah. great game, but a, a game which is very readily available, yeah, very but, easily to But the to fighting game community is... A, very very loyal community who will buy these games and obviously something capcom may or may not exploit by releasing a new street fighter every six months but it's just i i want to play it i've never played it i don't own a dreamcast or to be honest i i probably never will and and now bring it actually you look at what says re-released in terms of their dreamcast back catalog and they've released nearly every classic dreamcast game they, they developed I, even even Skies of Arcadia was um, I know it's developed by Overworks, which is a subsidiary of um, yeah Sega. Um, yeah, even that got a GameCube release. I'd really like to see that GameCube release on the Virtual Console though. Um, same with um, oh a GameCube Snake- Virtual Console. Release. Yeah, Snake Eater as well. Why not? Which one's that? Snake Eater. Oh, Snake Eater. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid One remake by Silicon uh, Knights. Oh, it's not Snake Eater, that's Metal Gear 3, man. Oh, yeah, it's sorry. It's Twin um, Snakes. Yeah, Twin Snakes. Sorry, I'm getting my Metal Gears confused. Yeah, there, there are a few GameCube titles, actually, as well, while we're on the subject, uh, which would be nice. I don't know if Nintendo are going to go down this road and start re-releasing GameCube games, but if they do... I think they should, though. Surely, like, um, there's a Fire Emblem title on there that's quite pricey, ranging around £100 for a copy of the Fire Emblem game, which is supposed to be one of the best in the series. Which one's this? For the GameCube? Yeah, it's a GameCube Fire Emblem game. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my Mm, head. I think I have seen it. Uh, I nearly bought a copy a couple of months back, but it was (coughs) around the £70 mark, and I I wasn't too sure. But then I found Shadow Dragon for Mm. quite cheap. Path of Radiance, is it? Yes. It's spooky, because there's... 
as this, we just mentioned, there is a lot of games that have been re-released just lately. Yeah. A lot of classic games and a lot by Sega. But uh, the games they've chosen to, to re-release, they haven't been the games... People want. ...that necessarily people are after or people may struggle to, to, to finance buying because of the high price points available on the second-hand market. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to know why exactly they choose other games over these ones. Maybe because they're more gen- generally popular. They're, they're, they're more... Well, I can see, you know, obviously, the draw of Sonic. Sonic, of, of course. Any Releasing Sonic Sonic's fine. Yeah. Crazy Taxi. Jet Set Radio... Yeah, but it's got a, it's, it's got a good following. Yeah, it it, it it was people know Jet Set Radio. But like the I amount guess. of people it's I've seen game. petition for Shenmue Three and stuff, why not give these people something? But I guess that's probably why, right? Shenmue hasn't been released. Why bring back Shenmue? Shenmue there's never going to be a Shenmue, Shenmue 3. Three. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's why. Maybe they're just hoping it'll die down. Google, I want to play Shenmue 2 then. And then they go like, oh, where do I get Shenmue 2? I'll have to buy a Dreamcast or an Xbox to play it. Exactly. Well, actually, you can play it. It's backwards compatible. Yeah. Nice. I've not done it. I, I own it. I bought it because of that, but I've never mm. played it because I want to play the first one. Yeah. Mm. Roll a tangled web. Yeah, they, they went and released Shenmue 2, but then again, they had the disc with the movie on mm. to fill in the uh, story before. Why not just release Shenmue 1 as well? Release it in a double pack. I would have been happy. <laughs> well... We'll wait and see. There, there, there are uh, pleas anyway for some uh, re-releases of classic, mostly Sega games. <laughs> mostly <laughs> Sega games, And yeah. some, some, some premier RPGs as well. But, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, I know there are a lot of games that obviously it's all right for us to say, oh, yeah, you should re-release this, you should release that. But surely the price that people are willing to pay for these games... Is incentive enough for a developer? Yeah, because I mean, obviously, like Radiant Silver Gun, they must have seen the fact that people were paying an arm and a leg for a copy of Radiant Silver I'd Gun. I'd be interested though to see how well Radiant Silver Gun sold. Ah, that's the thing though, right? Because I mean, because probably on a mainstream market, people weren't familiar with the game; they didn't buy it. Possibly that may be the issue. And collectors, I guess, pure collectors who want who who want to own the physical copy will pay a lot, regardless of whether it's available on the uh, arcade or anything. That's true. Um, but 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 as as gamers who just want to play the games, you know, it's always nice to have a, a collectible object, yeah, have a physical course. copy. But uh, uh, the main reason I buy games anyway is to play them. Yeah. And uh, that's what we want to do, play exactly. the games. But I, I think, you know, I think gaming is starting to come into that kind of spectrum now where... It can't. There is such a back catalogue, and I mean, obviously, we're still in the terms of it as a media in quite an early stage for gaming, and what will come will come, and probably mm. make what we consider gaming now look like, you know, just look like in comparison to Pong, you know, just saying of something simple. Maybe we will get these experiences. They'll truly just be unlike anything else, and they will have come from these things. But like. Gaming's starting to become more popular. I mean, not as much so as possibly we may think, but those people who are investing a lot of time into video games are generally the people who know about these releases and would want to play these games mm. without having to pay the £150 price mark. You know, it just doesn't seem to make any sense. 
And there we are. That's that's. Uh, I think brings us to the end of the, the show, perhaps. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um. Some food for thought, I guess. Mm. Uh, tweet us in and let us know what you think. Ending on a somber note there. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> sad. Yeah, we're just gonna continue playing some games. We're actually gonna go play some games by a wonderful publisher called Phoenix right now, and oh. we're gonna introduce a new segment on that next week. But if you if you can think of any games that you think maybe should get a re-release, actually, I know another one. Waku Waku Seven. I want. I was it. gonna. I want that. it. It was re-released on the PS2. It was also re-released on the Wii in Japan, but never in the UK or US. Yeah. Psychodome was released on the PSP in Japan, never anywhere else in the world. Who knows? But yeah, tweet us in, let us know. Um, you can find us on Twitter at TMACast, and you can also like us on Facebook at uh, Tolomat Attack Podcast after the Facebook forward slash. And yeah, please uh, rate, subscribe in iTunes. We've got some mics, so hopefully the audio quality this week's been good, which is nice, hopefully. Let us know. And yeah, we'll... Let us know. <laughs> if it hasn't improved, then we'll go have a word with our mic man, who is unfortunately me, and I'll get some better mics maybe. But yeah, okay, until next week, game on, I guess. Game on. Game on. Game on.